1: visit Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go
3: places. Can a relationship survive long distance? We're talking international long distance here. Our story today involves a breakup and then maybe, just maybe, a happily ever after. Hi, I'm Sarah Wendell.
0: I'm Alicia Rye. Welcome to Love Struck Daily, where we bring you a love story every single day. There
1: ain't no more to say to you, say to you. out of courtesy you should know,
3: I'm in love with you. Long distance romance. Mm-hmm. I had one of those. Adam was in college in Chicago and I was in college in South Carolina and you had to pay by the minute for your phone calls and mm-hmm. no one had cell phones and mm-hmm. it was it was expensive and I didn't have email. This was
0: before my college got email. Oh, yeah. I had, uh, mine was also, mine was right after college. Uh, it was difficult. We, I think we went to, we were together for like a year or so after that. And then it just petered out. But yeah, it's hard. I think we had email, we had cell phones, but we didn't have texting. And I remember like that was back in the day where you would get the bill and it would tell you exactly how many people you called and for how long. So my mom would get the bill and be so annoyed because I also wasn't supposed to really be dating. So it got it was a little. I had to be a little tricksy about it. Yeah, like we had to use the home phones a lot. I had an on-campus job just
3: just to pay your phone, just to pay my phone bill. Oh, yeah, it was it was bad. It was way that is bad. bad. That is but but really it worked bad. out in my favor. Yeah, it worked out perfectly.
0: Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. I Do not Do you watch um, – there's a show called 90 Day Fiancé, Sarah.
3: I am aware of it, and I know that you are shocked that I have not watched
0: it, <laughs> being the
3: connoisseur of
0: reality television that I am. I feel like we'll have to do a whole show on this at some point. But 90 Day Fiancé, for those who don't know or for you, the idea is when you come to America from another country, you're fia- bringing your fiancé over. There's something called the fiancé visa. You have to pull that in order to bring them over. And then after they come over, you'll have 90 days to get married. Otherwise, they have to go back home. Yikes. It started out, I believe, as a real genuine documentary style show where people were bringing their fiancés. So it was on TLC. Sarah, don't give me that look. It was on the Learning Channel.
3: Oh, so there was Learning.
0: Is this like back when A&E had art and entertainment? Right. And so, But I, it did start out like the first I, – I just happened to watched the latest episode last night, Kai and I did. And it rolled over, you know, autoplayed into the first season. And we were watching. We we're like, wow, these people were like actually kind of normal and kind of cool and not terrible people. But it has become a rather trashy reality show at this point where <laughs> – you know people are mostly on there i think for either seeking fame or whatever and and i do like to see you know the just the struggle of it like it, you know it's interesting to see for people who are actually in love and there's always like at least one couple every now and again who's like a real couple you know and and that part is interesting yeah cuz cultural differences are real Cu- cultural differences are real and also just like you know what you go through to be together like yeah. to cross cultures and you know bodies of water and land to be yeah speaking of speaking of today we are so excited to welcome two guests whose entire love story shows the trials of long distance dating and the reward you earn when you persevere through the end so please welcome melanie green and her husband robert who i might add wrote into the show to share their love story with us Well, hello, Robert and Melanie. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Good afternoon, or good morning, or good evening.
0: <laughs> good day.
2: Good day to Howdy. you. Howdy.
0: Good day to you. <laughs> and thank you so much for writing in, which we always appreciate. We get very excited when when we hear that someone's written into the show. So excited.
4: It's It's been a lot of fun to listen to the podcast, and I thought, oh, hey, I want to talk about my love story, too.
0: Yay! Yes, absolutely. We love it. So, Robert, Melanie,
4: tell me a little bit about uh, how you met, where you met. Tell us everything. I'll tell you everything, the whole situation. I I was at college in Santa Cruz, and Mm -hmm. I had a boyfriend who'd been my boyfriend for a couple, you know, the whole time I was there. And he was going to be spending a year abroad in Ireland. Mm. And that was just so far away from California. (laughs) Of course. So I thought, "Eh, I'll go to England thinking it's only 500 miles. That's no distance at all to a Texan. But apparently mm-hmm. over there, that's really quite a very far distance. <laughs> but yeah. uh,
2: They didn't know about Irish roads in the
4: 1990s. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I picked this university in east coast of England, University mm-hmm. of East Anglia, because they had a writing program. When I got there, one of my fellow American friends – one day told me that she met this really amazing, charming Irishman on the bus. They were getting on the bus into town and she was befuddled by the British coins and he helped her make change for the bus and just proceeded to charm her throughout the ride into town. And she discovered that he was also in the writing program, but he was, he was getting his master's degree. Hmm. So she said, get to know this guy for me. Help me out. I need to know more about him. And I said, okay, sure. I'll be helpful.
2: <laughs> um, and I, I saw Melanie at a place called the Sewell Barn Theater in the city of Norwich, where, where University of East Anglia is.
4: And where Anna Sewell, who wrote Black Beauty, um, it was her oh. uncle's barn.
2: Yeah. So that's for, where that famous horse lived. So
4: perhaps that's where Black Beauty was. Oh, very interesting. But we, yeah, we, I had gone to the play with my American boyfriend and my other American friends. And my friend was like, Hey, that's him. That's him. So at the intermission, we wandered over and he was very sweet and responsive.
2: (laughs) I can remember walking down the quiet streets of Norwich with this quite loud group of Americans. (laughs) And I'd made a calculate, I'd made a sort of educated guess that Pizza Hut was still open. Nowhere else was, and I was like, please let this place be open. <laughs> and it was, and I I think that probably was the turning point, you know. <laughs> if that pizza restaurant had been closed, we you began. know,
4: and my my boyfriend told me, "Hey, you should get to know that guy because he's in the writing program." Okay. No, he's getting a master's, and you want you you know you you should you should find out more. You should hang out with him. And I said, okay, sure. You know, my friend wanted him to hang me to hang out with him. My boyfriend wanted me to hang out with him. You know, I was just doing what I was told. Yeah, yeah, you were just following orders. (laughs) I was just following orders. It's just peer pressure. (laughs) So I spent a few months working real hard to just get to know him so well, so that I could help my friend out because that's how very nice I am.
2: Meanwhile I had a completely selfish agenda. I just wanted to start dating Melanie.
4: So so yeah, so we got to know each other over the course of that term and then eventually
2: London <laughs> happened.
4: London happened, yes, towards at the that the end of the term we were all going back to the States and he was going back to Dublin to visit his family, but he was staying with cousins in London for a few days before that. And so since we were all going to be in London at the same time we kind of a group of us arranged that we would meet one day. This was the nineties, of course, no texting Mm -hmm. that we were going to meet at the statue of Eros in Piccadilly square. And Robert and I were the only ones who showed up. Oh, well, how convenient! So, and we, again,
2: I felt like I felt like cheering, as with the uh, pizza restaurant being open, I just couldn't believe
4: <laughs> what the, luck
2: the universe was giving me these breaks. Yeah.
4: So he squired me around town, and it was all very, you know, fairy lights and Christmas displays, and you know, Aww. just just basically was the complete gentleman. Aww. And did you start dating shortly after that? Like yeah, you were so an item when I came, when we came back in January. Then we did have a date, and it was. Like, we held hands on the street and I thought, "Ah!" it was one of those, you hold hands and it was suddenly like electric lightning bolts, sort of, if this fits perfectly situations. So then I had to break up with the, uh, the American. (laughs) Of course. Yes. Because this was just, it was just way too compelling. Meant to be. And so I, you know, flew over to Ireland and broke up with him. And that was not his favorite thing.
2: Of course. You stopped off. visit my parents for the first time. We were a bit confused by the whole situation.
4: (laughs) Who is this American?
0: Why is she in our house? (laughs) Did you confess that you were on your way to break up with your boyfriend
4: so you could date their son? (laughs) Not in in those exact words, but yes. They kind of rolled with it, which was nice of them. Oh, that's nice. Or as confused as they must have been by the situation. Yeah. Then we had the rest of my junior year abroad together while he was working on his master's. And it was all very lovely and intense and delightful, but I had to go back to California. Mm-hmm. He then was graduating. He went to Paris to
2: work. But I remember I was going back to Norwich to finish my thesis and I got on a bus and I just remember that being the most mm-hmm. dismal
4: Well, before he, before you got on the bus, he was, you know, in, in the queue and it's about to get on the bus and he, um, he broke away and came back to me he kind of ran back across the Aww. pavement to me oh we well, good one- for me
2: i've forgotten that
4: <laughs> so yeah <laughs> we had one last passionate kiss there at the victoria yeah. coach station and then he
2: it was a very romantic place
4: very romantic nah. um, and he he hopped back on the bus and i sat there and i was like oh, it's over you know because i was we were we going to be then thousands of miles apart
1: Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.
2: We really did think it was over.
4: That was that, yeah. Then for my my year in California, he was in Paris, and we wrote letters.
2: Yeah, letters.
4: So many letters. So you came back here. You were here for about a year, and mm-hmm. then but then you you went back, right? I did. I went back to get my master's at the same university. Um, okay. So I was back in East Anglia. He was in Dublin mm-hmm. at that point. And as soon as I landed in England, I was basically plotting how soon I could get over to Dublin to see him. Oh. And we got to the point that I was again about to finish my degree and head back to America. And there were no more chances for schools or spring breaks or, or any of those other things to, yeah. to put us together. And yeah, so yeah, life was
2: getting serious.
4: We decided we'd do something about it and get engaged. I was in Ireland and we took a, about a week to kind of travel around the island. And just be together and talk about our relationship and talk about the future. And mm. before the week was up, we, we proposed. Yeah. Oh. So
2: we were engaged by the time we got back to Dublin.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Aww. that's fantastic.
0: And so you had to pull the fiance visa. The
4: we K-1 had to visa. pull did same, the whole exactly. rigmarole. Yeah. Uh, we, mm-hmm. and we did try to first figure out how to stay in Europe, right. but Dublin, they said I couldn't work because they had such a recession. There were no work visas. And so mm-hmm. then we looked for jobs in London, but again, it was not the easiest situation.
2: Yeah, I got offered mm-hmm. one job in publishing, but we would have starved <laughs> oh, that wage.
0: That's not a shock. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's a lot of
4: publishing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true.
2: This is a very Houston story. We we because uh, we both had job offers here. Then eventually, in that summer, mm. and uh, we planned to stay here for two years. And that was 28 years ago. That's very Houston. Yeah. You know, um, it's a swamp. It sinks us down.
4: It's it's my hometown. But yeah, so we did the, the fiance visa. We moved to back to America the month before our wedding. So much of the wedding planning was, I don't know, mom, you decide. I'll just do whatever (laughs) you say. (laughs)
2: I don't know if they still make fiancés or immigrants do this but one of the things I'm, I had to carry with me an x-ray of my lungs
0: interesting
2: to prove that I didn't have tuberculosis so was ah. a little bit of an Ellis Island vibe to it even though arriving at uh, intercontinental
0: Yeah, I think that might that might not be the case anymore but I do I do know that they can ask for medical records yeah. Yeah. and things like that. Wow. But, so you had to go get an X-ray of your lungs to, did, in order yeah. to go to the yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: Here I am.
4: And here you are. Yeah. And how old are your kids now? 26 and 22.
0: They're about your age. I mean, you're 22 year old. So mm-hmm. what advice would you give them now? Like if they had something similar, they go to another country, they meet someone they love.
4: You know, all of the back and forth and back and forth that we did was Mm -hmm. delightful and it you know obviously we got a chance to know each other in a lot of ways but it's nothing compared to the experience of living together so once we got married and we was you know sharing a home Mm. there was just so much growing up together that we ended up having to do it was a massive shift in how we communicated and it was really important to to do that as openly so we, we really had to kind of accept each other as we were but then make plans together to, for how we're going to go forward.
2: Yeah, I I think what one thing that stood me in good stead is that I got some very good advice when I was a teenager on the subject of marriage. Uh, this mm-hmm. person said, "When you're ready to marry someone, make sure they're also your best friend." So and that I, I think that was um, very good advice because I think for a long term relationship. At least in my experience, I know people say opposites attract, and I'm sure that can work too. But what do I know? I've only been married <laughs> once. But in our case, I think it's really helped that we have a lot in common. Uh, you know, I'd hate to be in a kind of very silent kind of relationship. Got to really enjoy each other's company.
0: That's. I think that is excellent advice. Melanie, where can people find you online?
4: My website is melaniegreen.com, mm-hmm. or I'm on Instagram as author.
0: Thank you so much, both of you, for writing in. We really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to tell us all about your wonderful love story. Yes.
2: Thank you for your warm welcome.
3: Well, that was entirely adorable. And now I want to travel.
0: You
2: want to go to Ireland now? Yeah,
3: let's go. We should do (laughs) a work trip. Do some love stories. Yeah, drink some drink some Guinness. Drink some Guinness. We'll convince Abby and Jesse and Jen to come with us. It'll be a work. Yeah, group.
0: it'll be a full love struck daily trip. Yeah. <laughs> Field trip.
3: <laughs> but before we grab our passports, what is your love to go today, Alicia?
0: I really love what Robert said about that. The advice that he got from the older person was to marry your best friend. Yes, you know if if, if your relationship's working for you and you don't consider your Significant other, your best friend, that's fine. But for me, I think that was really key, Mm -hmm. was to find somebody who could be my best friend. It makes everything so much easier when you have somebody who is not only, you know, your love, but also your friend and is there as your friend in your corner.
3: Absolutely. This is a person you're going to hang out with a lot.
0: We would love to hear about you and your best friend. So please send an email to lovestruckdaily at frolic.media. If you have a love story to share or any questions or thoughts, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at lovestrokedaily for extra content.
3: Our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. We wish you a
0: very happily ever after. Thank you for listening.